Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Thanksgiving Eve PFF forecast, as we would uh, only do on this podcast. We will, of course, kick off with the Canadian to talk about his uh, Thanksgiving uh, football takes with Seth Galina. We'll break down each Thanksgiving Day game and the Sunday night showdown as well. We've got Judah Ford gang to talk about his alternate spread and in-game strategy for this blessed week and weekend. And then, of course, we'll close it out with our lock of the week with Tej. Let's rock. So Seth, um, how do you celebrate U.S. Thanksgiving? What do you do? You cook a turkey? What do you, what's your plan? I work my butt off for PFF, Pro Football Focus. <laughs> and I don't it, really, it really is like the perfect holiday for you, though, right? Because like you get the three games, you watch football, but unlike Brad and I, you don't have to explain like, you know, you, what's happened in your life to all of the, the people in your life that you haven't seen in a whole year. I already had to explain. It took me like quite a while to explain soccer offsides to my mom this past <laughs> week so yeah i'm glad i got that out of the way already do you have any do either of you guys have any um bets on the world cup uh, yeah buddy i got a lot have? Of, i got a, I, I wouldn't say a lot of money but i got a very little amount of money on canada to win the world cup so oh, wow yeah yeah, Kevin Cole's adjusted scores did say Canada won today, so you can I hang your head on that, Seth. Uh, they did not actually win. You could ask Ben Brown. Though. I don't have any bets going forward, but ask Ben Brown. I've given him two winners already this tournament. I'll let you know if I have another, you know, in store. Okay. Um, I uh, I will bet on every single USA game, just like every other degenerate in this country. Um, I am scared. I will. I, I will admit. If we're listening, if you're listening to this after the US has played England, um, let it be known that I'm terrified that we're going to get. Um, or you know what's kicked in. So uh, let's talk uh, Thanksgiving Day football, though, before we get ahead of ourselves. We've got three games, Buffalo, Detroit, uh, New York Giants, and Dallas, and then the Patriots in Minnesota to play the Vikings. We're going to do a little bit of speed round and go through uh, each of the first, uh, each of the games. We'll spend a little bit of time on the first two, a little bit longer on the nightcap with Patriots, Vikings, and then, of course, Sunday night with the Packers and the Eagles. Of course, Seth prepares uh, Chris and, and the Sunday night crew for all of their games, Kirk and Al as well for the Thursday night games. This Thursday night game is not an Amazon. This is actually an NBC game. Tariko and Dungy will be calling this one. Um, so let's start with Buffalo, Detroit. 
Buffalo, a nine and a half point favorite, total 54 and a half. Of course, Buffalo played in Detroit already last week, then went back to Buffalo on a short week and is coming back to Detroit. So Seth, as we, as we always started off, what is the big scheme matchup or a mismatch that you see in this one? Well, I think, you know, in terms of the, the scheme thing I like is it's not really a scheme. It is a matchup thing. The Bills interior offensive line versus the Detroit Lions interior defensive line. We saw last week against the Browns, the Bills took them a little bit of time, but like they just mashed them on the inside. I mean, the holes were absolutely very, very large, very, very large Mm. holes. Mm. So I think that, and this is a team that doesn't run the ball a lot. It doesn't run the ball very well generally, but what a great game they had against the Browns, and I'm thinking, well, I think they could just do this again against um, a relatively porous interior, and even even the, the edge guys by the of the um, of the lines. But like Aline McNeil, I was looking this up. He has the he has like 236 run defense snaps, which is like fifth most, and he has zero tackles for loss, which is like mm-hmm. no no one even come close to that little number. So like, I think that could be a big game. And once they start doing that, it's tough to stop the Bills because we already know they're going to throw the football, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that to me is a big matchup, uh, big mismatch is the interior there and the Bills run game. Brad, what do you think about this one? Where are you leaning? Yeah, so we talked on Sunday. We'd like the lines a little bit more because the emotional standpoint uh, than mm-hmm. maybe some of the on-the-field stuff. I think Jeffrey Akuda being out for the Lions. Also, both starting guards did not practice today, and Frank Ragnow was limited. So the other side, the interior, obviously, you know, Jordan Phillips, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, those guys. Uh, I did have a question for you, though. A uh, quick one for you, Seth. So the last five weeks, Bills are 19th in EPA per play allowed. So look at the other side of the ball. Is this just because of Rousseau injury, Edmonds injury, or is there more going on with this defense? I think it's 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 a com- combination like you, the two just talked about not still not having the two safeties back there, um, you, you know, and that you know we actually looked this up recently. They've allowed I think almost as many twenty plus yard receptions this season as they did in like as all of last season basically, and and like they've been so good at just keeping offenses in front of them for the past four years. You take off, um, you don't have that pair anymore, the Poyer and Hyde pair anymore. And it's and it's tough for them. So they got to figure out, you know, I think Hamlin is the other safety that that plays there now. Mm-hmm. They got to figure that out. Not having Trey White obviously doesn't help. And who knows? It seems like a day to day, a minute by minute thing with him, whether he's ever going to play this year or when he will play this year. So I think there is a little bit of concern there. Um, but, yeah, if you get like Edmonds and, and Russo are having really good season. So getting them back um, will will go a long way to helping them, I think. I am. Uh, I was on the Lions plus nine and a half. Um, I believe that was what it opened at. Um, uh, actually, it looks like it opened at ten um, on Sunday night. Now a lot of injuries for the Lions. So right now, I already have some money down on the Lions. I'm not like you know hedging that out. I'm not some loser here. Um, but the bet that I like most is uh, kind of playing off what Seth said. Um, I, I think that this sets up really nicely for Josh Allen to have a bounce back game. Um, they uh, have not played well um, offensively really for like the last half of the season almost. And um, no Jeffrey Okuda, as you mentioned, I just, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to have to try and I guess stop the run potentially if, if Buffalo wants to run it, but I'm more just thinking Josh Allen sits in a clean pocket and dices them up. So over two and a half passing touchdowns, you can get this at plus 146 right now. Um, and I absolutely love that. So I will probably play that at, you know, maybe two units. Uh, I have a chance to, to obviously get both the, uh, 
uh, Lions cover and Allen over two and a half. But if the Browns do blow them out, uh, I still have a chance, uh, obviously, to win with Allen. Uh, Seth, what about you? Where are you going here? So I, I already played Allen over two and a half. Really My good man. number there. I think, you know, you look at recently with the red zone interceptions, like that probably cleans up, that regresses back, and then he's throwing those touchdowns mm-hmm. instead of interceptions in the red zone and the end zone. The other one I, I'm really interested in, and I just think the number is really high, but the Stefan Diggs over seven and a half catches. When you look at the tape, and so he gets upset, uh, I think, in the first half, and he goes to talk and talk to mm-hmm. Uh, coach, coach McDermott and he's upset and he's You're not getting not. the ball he's kind of open on those plays like he's he's kind of open the whole game and Josh didn't just didn't find him I feel like that this is a recipe for let's get this the ball in his hands as, as early as possible so that's seven and a half you get it's pretty good value if you get over seven and a half so that's going to be a game time decision for me but I'm looking at it very closely Brad, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, so we took the Lions. I like I'm under St. Brown, also a very high number. Uh, it's seven and a half receptions as well, but he's been cruising since he came back from injury. I think they're going to throw to him all day long. Uh, Teron Johnson's been okay in the slot. He is a good player, but it hasn't been phenomenal this year. And yeah, the game script, they're going to be down probably most of the game. I think they're going to feed ARSB. ARSB. All right. Uh, NYG. Uh, playing the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it, it seems like the wheels kind of came off of the Giants uh, and the Jets last week. The Giants got uh, beat down at home against the Lions 31-18 as a three-point favorite last week. And so now in Dallas, they are a 10-point underdog. Um, you know, it seems like only a few weeks ago that people were just ranting and raving about the Giants. Like, I, and I forget who it is. Is it is it um, Pro Football Talk that literally just reacts to whoever had an impressive win the last week and then um, does their power rankings accordingly? Like Giants were like a top five team. Um, that's why those things are so hilarious. Uh, but anyways, uh, the Cowboys, both these teams, seven and three, seven and three against the spread as well. This opened uh, Dallas minus seven and is now all the way out to Dallas minus 10. Before I get to you, Seth, with what you see as kind of the really interesting scheme matchup here, Brad, what are there a lot of injuries here? What's kind of the big reason uh, for the, the line movement that you've seen or that you've heard? So Wondell Robinson, who had 100 yards in that game, is out for the year. Uh, Adoree Jackson, their best corner by a mile, is out for four to six weeks, maybe the full year. And then four offensive linemen that have started games for them this season are all not playing in this game. Uh, it, and Andrew Thomas was limited. They're obviously star left tackle. So I think it's just people thinking the Dallas Cowboys defensive line is going to just demolish mm-hmm. you know, this, this offensive line. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so with that said, Seth, what, what are you uh, keying in on in this one? Yeah, I mean, you have to piggyback off the offensive line, defensive line matchup there at the edges. Andrew Thomas, really good season. Great season, actually. Evan mm-hmm. Neal, the rookie, not as great a season. Hopefully, you know, he'll probably figure it out as his career goes on. Whoever matches up against him is it's it's it could be could be rough, you know, whether it's Parsons or Lawrence or whoever coming off the edge, that that is by far the mismatch. And like you said, I mean, if I don't even know if he's a hundred percent. I see it here. Giants Evan Neal hoping to play versus Cowboys. So if he doesn't play, that's even worse. So yeah. Like I said, Andrew Thomas, great season. The other the other side, whoever it might be, not so great. So that's the mismatch. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um so, uh, Brad, I guess with that in mind, are there is there a particular angle that you like here? Again, on Sunday night, we talked about this. Um, I, I think it was nine and a half when we talked about it. And um, 
I, I liked the Giants there. Now, I don't see, I didn't see all of the injuries. We did talk about Adoree Jackson. Um, but now in light of all of this, what is your, what is your bet? Uh, what are the bets you're placing here? Yeah, so a prop I like in this one is Dalton Schultz under three and a half receptions. It's partly hmm. just a, ga- a game script play. I mean, I really just don't think the Cowboys are going to throw the ball all that much. Uh, I think we'll see CeeDee Lamb go over his receiving yards, receptions, all that stuff against the Giants. Uh, you know, secondary that is very, very porous. Their slot corner in particular, uh, Darnay Holmes, I said on the podcast Sunday, was 105th out of 115 mm-hmm. slot corners for us this year in PFF grade uh, and coverage grade. So I just think they're going to get up early. I don't think it'll be feeding, you know, targets to tertiary receiving options late in the game. So like the under for three and a half uh, receptions for Dalton Schultz. Uh, look, I'm Seth? on the same, same wavelength, but with Tony Pollard. I think it's two Ooh. and a half. Mm-hmm. Receptions. Uh, two and a half receptions. And I think for me, it's it's partly this, uh, what you're saying, Brad, but also partly, you know, you're going to get a lot of man coverage from from mm-hmm. the Giants. They're like a super heavy man coverage team. Week Martindale coming over from the Ravens. We know they played man coverage for, for 10 years there. They still play a little bit. But I think that man coverage without good secondary players means Dak is going to his first read a lot. Mm-hmm. And even though we saw that we saw the touchdown on, on the wheel route, basically the, the fake option route, um, to Tony Pollard against the Vikings last week. Yes, that is a first read. Generally, running backs are not first reads. Obviously, they can they could scheme it up. I get that, but generally not first reads. So I don't see. I think there's good value in Tony Pollard under two point five. I think this might be. I look. We talked about this on Sunday. If you are not betting every single one of these games in multiple ways, you just you're just missing out. Okay, and um, CD Lamb. You mentioned one key factor, Brad, which is Darnay Holmes. There are only 12 cornerbacks in the NFL that have a worse grade than Darnay Holmes, and there's 120 of them that we've graded. So that's not very good. CeeDee Lamb, 12th in PFF grade. He continues to be good. But here's the other thing. Guess who's been rumored to be coming to Dallas? No one, no one's talking about CeeDee Lamb. The only receiver people are talking about with the Dallas Cowboys is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, CeeDee Lamb is a man of pride. I don't know if anyone remembers when he was drafted, that little clip of him pulling the phone out of his, I guess, then girlfriend's hands. Um, This man does not. uh, He wants to put his name uh, on the headlines here and remind everyone who's wide receiver one in Dallas. So five and a half receptions, over five and a half receptions. That's my favorite uh, one. 75 and a half receiving yards. I'm more on the receptions. I think anytime touchdown, I don't know what those odds are, but I might play that as well. But I love over five and a half receptions for C.D. Lamb. Okay, Thursday night, tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on uh, the recording, this on Wednesday evening, the Patriots and the Vikings. This has moved around a little bit, total 42, um, and the the spread has moved around between two and a half and three. Um, I'm seeing two and a half right now. Um, so uh, Vikings favored by only two and a half. That's coming off of being a slight underdog at home to the Dallas Cowboys, who just beat the brakes off of them, embarrassed them 40 to three. Like everyone's talking about how the Jets only scored three points. The Vikings, <laughs> supposedly the best team uh, or one of the best teams in the NFC, uh, only scored three points. They now have a negative point differential despite being eight and two. So I guess, Seth, is there a reason to believe schematically there's some matchup that was the case with the Cowboys that either is not the case with the Patriots and so you expect a bounce back or vice versa? There is that still that that big issue with the Vikings, and, and we might see them struggle again. 
I, I could see them struggling again because of the the injuries that they're going to have at tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, Christian, Dar- Darisaw. Christian Darisaw was having a really good season. He's he's not playing. Brendel, the guy they brought in, it's just like, you know, below replacement level tackle. You have Matthew Judon, who's getting to the quarterback at a high rate. Even a guy like Dietrich Weiss, when he plays off the edge, is, is a really good pass rusher. or is a nice pass rusher. So I don't I it's it would still scare me a little bit. Um, and I just the thing that we just don't know, I think, is how they're going to play Justin Jefferson. You know, mm-hmm. we know that the Patriots are, are this like heavy man coverage team. But they've always had ideas in how to play top receivers. Now they've had Tyreek Hill. I think they've had Amon Ross St. Brown, but really they haven't had like the top, top guys. Um, they had Amari Cooper. So I'm just really interested. And I think Tyreek Hill, you know, a top three receiver, Justin Jefferson, a top three receiver, but two completely different in terms of play styles. So it's really interesting to see how they're going to play it. Generally, Jonathan Jones has lined up against that player. So he lined up against Tyree Kill. He probably mm-hmm. would have lined up against Amari Cooper. He lined up against uh, Amra St. Brown a few snaps. So, like, generally, that's the guy that they want. And they don't give a lot of help there. And Jonathan Jones has played outstanding this season. And especially the last, I think, since week seven, I think he's only allowed two catches. So, like, he's been outstanding. But is that enough? Is this one player enough for to deal with um, Justin Jefferson. Like, do they double him? Do they do that type of thing? And I think that's really, I probably double him and I play like Jonathan Jones on, on Adam Thielen and you stop and then you, you know, load the box, stop the run, that type of thing. I think if you play one-on-one, I still like Jonathan Jones, good player and, and having a great season, Justin Jefferson's like bad, good. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that it's interesting. You do have a lot of the similarities here between, the Cowboys playing a lot of man coverage. Mm-hmm. The Patriots not playing a lot of man coverage. Patriots probably being get being able to get after the quarterback just like the Cowboys did. Mm-hmm. So there is potential for this. Um, I just think the, the the issue is they will have a lot more chances in in a close game because that Patriots offense will not move the football very much. So that's kind of that's kind of the issue. Now you're in a you're 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 keeping it close. Kirk Cousins isn't having to force anything. You can, you know, you don't want to punt the football, but they're, I mean, they will anyways. But mm-hmm. um, so I think that's kind of the big difference is like the other side of the, where, where the mismatch is, um, is just the Patriots offense. It's just, it's, it's horrifying right now. I mean, I think the thing about Bill Belichick is that he can take away a top target. I mentioned this going into the second Jets game. Uh, Garrett Wilson had six catches for 115 yards. The first time they played, he had two catches for 12 yards uh, this past weekend. I mean, Bill Belichick's not going to let you feed your number one target all day long. Mm -hmm. So pivoting off that a little bit, you kind of touched on it. But look, on paper, this Patriots defense isn't like loaded with talent. They have some good players. They have no one making even $15 million a year. Bunch of rookies, Jack Jones, outside corner, a top two graded cornerback for us as a fourth round rookie. I, I mean, this is an open ended question, but maybe focus on a couple things. But Seth, just like how is Bill's defense the number one in EPA per play on the season? Like, how does he do it? I it's just, it's crazy. I think it, it's, it's so funny. And I, and I hate to kind of say it like this, but like, there's a lot of hard nosed football players on this defense. There's a lot of guys mm-hmm. who are unafraid of to get dirty and to make big plays and play above their body weight, I would say. And two guys that pop, uh, three guys I'll say that that come to mind are Adrian Phillips, three safeties, three of the four safeties, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, and 
Andrew Bill Peppers who like put their body on the line a lot. And they, they play in, in the box too, because they have a guy, you know, Juwan Bentley, another guy who's not afraid to get his, to, to, to hit people. Dietrich Wise is a big body player who likes getting, getting dirty. Um, so I think they have, you, you get that, you get a box that you is very tough to run on. Love what they do with their three, four fronts. Um, very, a little different than most other teams running three, four right now. And then it's like, okay, well, we get you into third down. And then what do we do? We bring more safeties on the field. We bring more cornerbacks on the field and we play a lot of man coverage. And I think it's like, it, I, I do wonder why more teams don't do this, but it's like, Hey, I have a guy for this type of receiver and I'm going to put it on him. I have a guy for this type of player. I'm going to put him. I talked about Jonathan Jones. He's going to follow the number one receiver. You know, they trust him. He follows the receiver. Kyle Duggar plays on the receiving tight end. Like that's it. Devin McCourty is the deep free player. Adrian Phillips is the lurking safety in the hole. Like they have very specific roles and you're not afraid there. He's not afraid to, again, put these body types on the field, especially on third down. Um, they play, uh, I think, the third highest rate of dime in, on third down. Just in general, they play a super high rate of dime. So I think just getting the matchups, stopping the run, and then getting the matchups in the passing game is really um, how they do it every year. Let's uh, let's get some bets in here. I will start, and I'm going to, as I usually do, piggyback off of Seth's guidance from a scheme perspective because uh, it's been it's been very profitable. Um, you know, initially liked uh, where the Vikings were at, just fading the Patriots' abomination of an offense. I'm worried about the left tackle, certainly in Brandle, who you mentioned. Uh, worried about what Bill Belichick is going to do. I almost feel like we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like Bill Belichick, his like superpower is when he knows his offense sucks, and it's like it's all on me. Like I need to have an evil plan or else we're not going to have a chance. And uh, that would worry me uh, when it comes to to Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. That said, I love Kirk Cousins scampering with the ball over two and a half rushing yards, minus 117. That is where I'm going with this mm. one. Um, back to uh, a good and dear friend in Kirk Cousins uh, running the football. I think if I had to play one side of this, uh, you know, it's if it's two and a half, I will take the Vikings. Um, if if it's a three, like that's that's tough. Um, I would probably just look to play uh, play some props there. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Brad, what about you? Yep. So another under receptions prop. I know it's not sexy, but as we talked about Ben Brown, they are cashing at a at a crazy clip. Mm-hmm. So the Vikings are going to be. It looks like without a Caleb Evans, without Andrew Booth at corner, they're already missing some outside corners. As bad as Mac Jones has been, as kind of middling as their outside receivers have been. I think they're going to try to target them this game and try to get the ball to them. Devontae Parker might not play, but could play. All that said, Ramondre Stevenson under three and a half receptions. I think it'll be a close game, so you're not going to see a bunch of kind of like late game checkdowns and and all those things. So I'm going to Ramondre Stevenson under three and a half receptions. Look at you. Seth, what about yourself? All right. We're going wild for this one. Oof. Harrison Smith over 0.5 interceptions. Hmm. So Mac Jones has thrown the most interceptions over the middle of the field since the beginning of last season, or he's top three or something like that. And the way the Vikings play defense right now is they will use Harrison Smith as their kind of lurking robber poach safety, whatever words you want Mm -hmm. to use for it. 
So that's my, that's my, ooh, they're going to catch him. They're going to get him with one. He's going to think Harrison Smith is not there. He's going to throw one over the middle. Harrison Smith, interception. Okay. What odds are you getting on that? Uh, I'm, this is Canadian. I live in Canada. It's 5.5. Sorry, 5.5? Yeah. European odds. So 5.5 to 1, that's plus 550. Am I doing that correctly? Uh, 450. Plus 450. That's right, because you yeah. subtract 1. Yeah. So uh, 5.5 to 1 odds. Uh, that is... Um, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. Let's, uh, that's the first, by the way, I think for the forecast, giving out a defensive player prop, which yeah. just gets me excited about all the potential that there is to bet on football games. Um, Sunday night, the Packers and the Eagles, this game, uh, a couple weeks ago, probably would have been like a 10 point spread. Uh, it is six and a half Eagles favored. Of course, 46 and a half is the total. Um, and I think the reason for that is uh, the Eagles have not exactly been dominant over the past couple of games. Uh, they won by one against Indy. They lost Monday night to the Washington Commanders. They did not cover against the Houston Texans um, on the road uh, three weeks ago. So I guess the question that I'll ask you, Seth, is, is there something that is the reason for this Eagles maybe um, coming back to earth? And is that truly who they are? Or... Is there something that's been, you know, either that they're changing or they've been forced to change in the way that they were scheming things up offensively um, or perhaps injury wise that's that you think is causing this uh, bit of a drought? Yeah, I I think when you look at the last two games, you hate to do this, but you kind of want to, you know, just talk about the Washington game in terms of turnovers. Mm -hmm. The guy's running in for a touchdown that they probably win the game. Yep. And he gets he gets hit from behind. He fumbles. You have the face mask not called leads to a fumble. So I I really think the turnovers were really the reason why we don't we're talking about them in a different light. Now the the next game against Indianapolis, I think you've talked about the injuries. They tried to get the ball into AJ Brown's hands in the Colts game, which they couldn't really do in the in the Washington game. Uh, I certainly know a lot of fantasy owners who were very upset that Monday night mm -hmm. that he wasn't getting those targets. They tried to get him in uh, and then, you know, a little bit of an ankle injury, not running at hundred percent. So that was tough. Dallas Goddard, man, really good player, really versatile player. I mean, he's a guy who they throw bubble screens to like, you, there's no other tight ends in the league that do this. So now all of a sudden you're having to bring in like playing Jack Stoll a little bit more. He's a blocker. You know, he doesn't give you that versatility that um, that Goddard has. Zach Pascal, who I really like as a receiver, but he's he's a blocking receiver. So you're, mm. you lose that aspect, right? So no matter who you bring in, uh, whether it's, you know, a big body receiver or, or a tight end, you're losing an aspect from that. And then, you know, the, the injury to A.J. Brown. So I think those aspects, you know, the turnovers, fluke turnovers, the both fumbles, and then, and then the injuries in, in the week after, I think, are the reason why they've looked not as good as they did, I guess I would say. And I also say, look, the, the issue is always going to be hurts. Like, do they have a guy who they trust? Do they have a guy who they can who they can drop back a whole bunch of times and, and have them win a football game when the surrounding talent isn't perfect like it has been? Well, I'm, you know, I don't think anyone's ready to say yes yet. So, flip the other side of the ball. Um the, the Eagles defense still dead last in EPA per rush allowed. Also, down Devontae Maddox. They have, I mean, a great safety duo in Marcus Epps and Chauncey Garner-Johnson. Some good linebackers as well. But susceptible over the middle. I was just looking at target or receptions over expectation for the defense. They've been kind of soft for the middle, both through the air and on the ground. 
And that's kind of where Aaron Rodgers and, and Green Bay can make their money. Um, you know, do, do you see that as a potential advantage and, and think Green Bay can attack their weaknesses in a, you know, really well? I think Rodgers is not trusting that area of the field right now. And that's that's the concern. So, you know, we talked about it. The Packers, baby, they're back. They killed the, the, the Cowboys. They're back. Cowboys have a great defense. However, the Cowboys play a very unique style of defense. They're going to show you that they're playing cover one, and then they're going to play cover one. So, like, you can get the matchups. And, like, you know, Christian Watson, you know, just mm-hmm. a, a one-on-one go ball down the sideline for his first touchdown of three that game. Well, the safety bid up. There's no other players down the field. Like, that, that's it. It's over. So, they're not back. We saw it then on the Thursday night a week ago. You're playing against a team that's going to run more zone, run more quarters, run more stuff like that, and they just didn't have anything. Now, the difference going into this game, now the the Eagles play a lot of quarters, play a lot of zone, not a lot of man. If they could get Aaron Jones maybe going a little more, A.J. Dillon, they need to get him going if they're going to give him all, all those touches. So that would be the biggest difference, but I don't know if the passing game per se is back yet. Um, or will be back ever this season because Rodgers, like you said, like I said, doesn't trust the middle of the field. So even though they're susceptible there, the Eagles defense, like he's not throwing there right now. So that that to me is a, is the problem. The Packers' EPA per pass play is negative. It is lower than the Eagles' EPA per run play. That's not a recipe uh, for success. Uh, real quick here before we move on to picks. Eagles did not have Dallas Goddard last week. Um, is he? Uh, he's on IR. He's not playing in this game. Neither is Monte Maddox. You mentioned him. I guess how big of a it, in watching that film, Seth? Did you look at that and go, "Oh man, without Goddard, they're kind of lost," or is it just a matter of them, you know, adjusting a little bit? The the Colts, you know, are very good at defending receivers. Like, is that something that? Are you worried about the Eagles' offense uh, because of you know not having Dallas Goddard? And c- could the Eagles, with Alexander and Douglas, both you know top thirty-five graded corners, like are they a good matchup for Brown and Smith? Yeah, I think that is that. That's I think what worries me is for the first you know whatever ten games of the season, you had eight, whether it was AJ Brown one week or Devonta Smith the other week going off on the outside. And they just couldn't get anything going down, especially down the field. Like when teams were giving them these one high looks, they were just saying, okay, well, we have a better player than you do on on either side of the field with Smith and Brown. And I think there's only three targets by Jalen Hurts beyond 20 yards against the Colts. Like that's not enough. They couldn't Mm -hmm. hit these like Mm one-on-one balls on the sideline that they love, the slants and all that stuff. So I think they'll, they'll, I really think they'll do their best, like from a game plan perspective, to get those balls up in the air, um, mm. because they they'll trust those guys more than um, even even against uh, Jair Alexander and a um, you know whoever ends up playing on the outside. I guess Russell Douglas is, has kind of taken over that spot with the Stokes injury. So I think they'll trust them, and I think they should probably use it a little a little more, um, just given that those are now the two very clearly the two best players that they have on offense. All right, it is picks time. I think this is one that I'm having the biggest uh, challenge with. Brad, we'll start with you. 
So it's funny because everything we just discussed probably goes against this, but I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna stick with it. I, I still do see, you know, it is two good outside corners for both teams, but and you mentioned Rodgers struggling to target over the middle of the field, but I like the over in this game. I, I think 46 and a half mm -hmm. is a little bit short. I think both teams can move the ball, uh, and the offensive lines are better than both respective defensive lines. So yeah, uh, I, I like the over 46 and a half in prime time. Rodgers will show up. He'll he'll do enough, and then I think Philly will score in a handful of times. Seth, what about you? Yeah, I think the over at 46 and a half just feels right to go over that. That's all, that's kind of where I am. And then I also would probably, if I was betting a side, which I'm not super into, I'd probably lean towards Packers plus six and a half. I think they lose, but I do think it's 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 not by less than, less than a touchdown. Yeah, I, I like Packers six and a half kind of for the opposite reason of what you guys just talked about with the over. Like, I, I am a little worried about each offense to be perfectly honest. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that this game is by both teams, maybe a little more run heavy than we would expect. I know the Eagles aren't exactly, you know, it, with hurts there, like it's not like they have a running back that's dominating things, but hurts himself is a tremendous runner of the football. I also will play Aaron Jones, uh, player props, the, the matchup there with the Eagles yeah. chorus run defense. Um, and, and let's be clear. Aaron Jones is like the only skill position player, uh, on the Packers who really is playing well. I mean, Christian Watson has his moments, but like Aaron Jones is actually out here dominating, um, has a uh, PFF grade to, to match of over 90. I want to say, yeah, uh, no, sorry. 87.1, um, and is fourth in, in PFF war at, at his position. So, um, I know he's questionable, but I think he does play, uh, and that's where I'm going. Seth, it is always an absolute pleasure to have you on here. We hope that you enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, have a wonderful day. Enjoy the football. Um, it, real quick to get you out of here. Do you have some pet peeve that you can say goodbye to us with? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful today. I'm okay. thankful for getting to watch a lot of football and soccer tomorrow. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, do you think the U S has a chance? But I don't care about the U S enough. I don't, don't, don't ask me, but come okay. on now. All right. That's <laughs> Seth Galina. You can follow him at PFF <laughs> underscore Seth. And he, he hates the, he hates the U S all right. See you, Seth. <laughs> see you guys. All right. Uh, we now bring in our dear friend judah forking judah forking uh last week hit a really wonderful same game parlay he has uh right now on the pff app an awesome uh piece of content that you can go check out where he has uh same game parlays i want to say judah is it for every single uh thanksgiving day game tomorrow That's i mean right. it's just it's something truly to be thankful for um and uh yeah how was your how was your week last week we um didn't get a chance to to talk to you but we read your words um and things kind of came through for us so uh did you have a nice sunday i did uh i mean the chiefs the chiefs money line yes. as we said started with the chargers then uh you know put put the life savings on the chiefs and uh didn't have See, a doubt i didn't even start with the chargers i just put the life savings down on the chiefs when uh when they went down i was looking forward to this conversation as i was putting uh, all those dollars down. So um, let's let's get right into it. Um, uh, by the way, Seth, every uh, sorry, not Seth, Judah, every single week writes great content that you can find on the PFF app and PFF.com on uh, alt lines that he likes, as well as a strategy for in-play betting. If you have not bet during a Sunday, it's a lot. Like there's a lot going on. So going into it with a strategy where you can just sort of like set an alarm for does this thing happen? It's almost like saying like if this stock goes here i want to buy it um 
you you can uh, actually like find some joy in uh, in in-game betting. So Judah, where are you going this week? Let's start with an alt line that you like. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati uh, minus five and a half for now. I'm actually going to parlay that. I think once the props open. Uh, with basically Joe Burrow's overpassing yards, which gets into hmm. kind of the central thesis here. Uh, okay, fundamentally speaking, I want to talk about like offensive EPA. The Bengals are fourth by my numbers. They're third. Uh, Tennessee is 21st, right? Tennessee's basically played two good teams all season. Uh, the Bills where they got shellacked and then that weird, uh, the Chiefs game on Sunday night. But really, I think the, the matchup here is, I posted a graph today actually about how teams are facing like faring in obvious passing situations. Uh, Mahomes breaks the the axes there. But mm-hmm. if you look closely, Joe Burrow is also absolutely tearing uh tearing it up. He's he's got a 0.3 EPA and a 50% success rate, which over the course of a season would basically be an MVP type year. Now, why is that so important? Uh Tennessee has a terrific run defense. They're number one in rush EPA, they're fourth in yards per carry, whatever efficiency metric you want to use, they're terrific in run defense. The Bengals have no issue passing the ball. They're 7% over expected, uh, third in the NFL. And when they do pass, they're really good. Joe Burrow is basically playing at an MVP level in obvious passing situations. I don't think uh, the Tennessee defense is equipped to stop that. Yes, maybe there's some interior pressure uh, fears, or at least if that's lingering in the minds of people from uh, the playoff game last year, I think like Alex Kappa and Ted Karras have done a, a pretty good job in pass blocking this year. Uh, also something that makes sense is just like the Bengals had a lot of turnover on the offensive line they're probably going to get better as the season goes along uh, and they develop some chemistry uh, so i'm a little less concerned about that uh but if you throw in like a, a minus five and a half probably get joe burrow's prop at like 270 if you want to get push it mm. to 300 we'll probably get like plus 450 something like that uh that's a spot i really like okay now moving in and by the way the fraudulent titans are eight and two against the spread and uh they're they're plus two and a half in this game at home we talked about this on Sunday a little bit. Um, like this spot as a potential teaser leg, but you're kind of going the other way and saying, look, like they're already an underdog at home, despite the fact that all these things have happened. Like this is a spot where they get actually exposed. Uh, and this one, of course, Jamar Chase will be back in this game per Joe Burrow. Um, Brad, is this changing your feeling on uh, our Titans teaser leg? Really, I think you know, since he winning by a touchdown, we of course would still be safe. It is interesting to see the yeah. spread now move from one and a half to two and a half. Uh, obviously, still not at three, but I don't know. I'm a little worried about the interior, that interior pressure. Uh, it gives me some legitimate concerns, and we might see Samaje P. Ryan run for you know 12 carries for 19 yards, or whatever you know, uh, Zach Taylor's trying to do. So, but I definitely understand the logic, no question about it. That is a strategy, that's something uh, truly to be thankful for. Um, and uh, that would be. That would be a lovely, uh, lovely middle. The teaser and uh, and the alt spread. Um, all right, Judah. In game betting this week, what I, I hope that you have some kind of angle for me for Thanksgiving. But if you don't, it's okay. I still love you. I would. I wouldn't let you down. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going with Giants. Dallas. Okay. Basically, the the central thesis here. The Giants before last week basically played the same game script every single game. But just like one score, close game, they're able to run mm-hmm. the ball. I think last we kind of showed actually what's to come, which is a team that really can't run the ball, especially when their offensive line is hurt. They might be missing five starters. Uh, and, you know, Daniel Jones actually passed the ball pretty well. Again, actually the same chart I just referenced. Daniel Jones has done a pretty good job in obvious passing situations. Uh, I think he will be able to uh, at least move the ball somewhat. 
Now, the key is the props. Okay. Right now, Daniel Jones is being priced for his basically season-long averages, which is assuming this sort of neutral, slow game script. Uh, His passing prop is at like 200 right now. Mm -hmm. If he's forced to throw the ball 45 times, and we'll be able to tell pretty quickly if the Cowboys are jumping out to a lead, he's probably going to get there on volume alone. We also know who he's throwing to at this point. Wondell Robinson's out. The targets are going to go to Darius Slayton. His passing prop also priced for the season-long averages. I want to go over on both of those things. And then uh, the other part is the sack props, live sack props, uh, especially with the hurt offensive line. We all know the Cowboys pass rush, the number one in pressure, the number one in sacks. I would just keep hammering Michael Parsons, uh, Darren Armstrong. If they, you know, allow a, uh, a Lawrence prop too, I'll, I'll be all over those three. Just assuming the market's basically saying the giants are not going to pass the ball, but if they find themselves in a game script where they're going to pass the ball against this, this Cowboys team, bet the overs, bet the sack props. Yeah, I like and Daniel Jones, guy who will be without Wandell uh, Robinson, of course, one of his top targets in this game. And it's kind of he likes to, you know, he likes to run a little bit. And uh, I don't know, Daniel Jones, good uh, athlete. He is not Micah Parsons. So let's be very, very clear there. Um, Okay, so that's one on Thanksgiving. What about uh, what about for Sunday? Okay, we're going to go Sunday night football. Uh, Yes, we've got the Packers and Eagles. Okay. Similar type of analysis. Actually the Eagles for the first, whatever it is nine, 10 weeks of the season, they had a particular game script. They get ahead. Usually in the second quarter, they play from a lead and that's where they're, they're at their best when they're trailing though. The team's actually been struggling. They're like seventh in EPA uh, mm-hmm. when trailing. They, the like thing is that they only played uh, like 200 plays when trailing. Granted, it's a little bit of a small sample size, but That's the second best in the league. They're never trailing. What happens if they are trailing? Especially the the, kind of way the the model to beat the Eagles has been shown somewhat by the Texans and then by the uh, Commanders and Colts last week, which is slow the game down and run the ball well, right? The Eagles have the fourth worst rush defense by EPA. This is exactly what the Packers want to do. They play at the slowest pace in the league. They have a top 10 run game. Uh, They're fourth in success rate, which I think is the key stat here. Uh, because if you're going to go chunk by chunk, five-yard gain by five-yard gain, mm-hmm. uh, you want to be successful. So the Packers can kind of succeed in that way. Conversely, if the Eagles jump out to the lead, uh, this is exactly where they're at their best. They can you know, let the run game go. Uh, Hertz can run. I, I would extend uh, Eagles leads if, right, go go all, you know, 17 and a half if they're up by, by 10. And conversely, if the Packers can kind of execute this game plan, slowing it down, running the ball, the game under is very attractive and even maybe sprinkling uh some on the green bay money line too yeah like that quite a bit uh brad do you have anything do you have any other uh strategies that you're thinking about that you'd like to to vet with our with the master here well first and foremost i've certainly i'm no longer placing a bet on the over i can tell you that much uh to start (laughs) so that is that that's why we talk right that's why we get together and have these conversations um that's what it's all about so Yes, I was thinking about one idea. Um, we've talked a lot about Thursday games. We'll stick there with the Minnesota versus New England game. Um, Minnesota's also been phenomenal on scripted plays. They've scored, I want to say, seven out of the ten games I think they've scored on their first drive. I think that's touchdowns, too. I could be, I could be making that up, but it's good, whatever the actual numbers are. Um, but I was wondering if you th- saw any value in. I like the under in that game, the 42-and-a-half. Potentially, Vikings do get one good drive on the scripteds, and then... Darisaw being hurt comes into play and some of the other, other fundamental issues of this Minnesota Vikings offense come into play and maybe taking a live under as opposed to betting the original under. 
Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think for all the reasons you outlined. And one thing I'll highlight is that like the best thing for unders are sacks. Those are absolute drive killers. Uh, and like we've seen the past two weeks, what's happened with with Darius Hurt and uh, the offensive line, especially going up against a, a pretty dominant uh, Patriots pass rush. Uh, I really love that. Nothing better. Nothing better than when Judah loves it. it. You know, the only the only thing I'll say that kind of, there's a lot of good football this week, particularly I think some exciting stuff on Thanksgiving. But we don't have a situation now. Maybe maybe it'll come through for us. But the Chiefs are 15 and a half point favorites. I'm not sure we will have an opportunity to bet on the Chiefs uh, down against Bryce Perkins and the L.A. Rams. It has really come full circle for the L.A. Rams. The F them pick strategy of Les Snead and Sean McVay is really showing itself here. This team is about as disgusting an offensive unit as you will find. Um, it's honestly surprising to me that this line is not out past 17 because I just my goodness, the Rams are bad. I think that's that's just in deference to Sean McVay. Um, so uh, we shall see. I will say I, games that I'm kind of interested in, Kyler back for Arizona. The Chargers are a three-point favorite in Arizona. If they somehow get out to a little bit of a lead there and, and score first, um, I kind of yeah, that would be a play on, on the Cardinals with Kyler potentially back at full full strength. That was the only one I was looking at. Um, Judah, real quick before we get you out of here, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think like it's a little hard betting the Chargers. Uh, I think I've kind of learned that the hard way. You just have no idea what's going to happen in that yeah. game. But uh, at the same time, you want to, as a general rule, kind of bet on the the elite quarterbacks, uh, especially if they're yeah. down. Brandon Staley right now, I feel like, is one of those poker players at a table who's on tilt. And yeah. uh, as much as I think Kirk... Uh, Kingsbury is kind of out to lunch in a lot of situations. I don't think he's ever on tilt because he's just, he's in his own, he's in his own zone. Um, so uh, yeah. And plus all this negative press about the Cardinals and Kyler and they got stomped by the, by the Niners. Um, I think they're going to, they're going to play this one down to the wire. So um, Judah, we appreciate you at throw the damn ball on Twitter. You can find him uh, during games as well. Live trading the games. Fantastic watch. If you're trying to figure out, how to live bet and uh, kind of get inside the mind of someone who does it every single football day. Judah, have a wonderful Thanksgiving day of football, and we will talk to you next week. Me too. All right, we're going to get Tej in here to do the lock of the week uh, for this week. Before we do, a reminder, DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This is where you can go tomorrow on Thursday if you're listening to this, on Saturday, on Sunday, heck, for the USA game on Friday. Um, and take advantage of all the awesome promos that they have. If you use promo code PFF when you sign up, bet just $5 on any team to win and then get $150 in free bets. So do that for one of the games with a big spread tomorrow on Thursday, and then go use those free bets throughout the weekend um, so that you can uh, get through what will be certainly uh, a tough one with all the family that will be joining you for Thanksgiving. DraftKings Sportsbook also has same-game parlay boosts. Let's go check that out at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app right now. Use promo code PFF and get $150 in free bets when you bet $5. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes, of course, for details. Uh, Symbol as well. This is like the sportsbook, or sorry, not the sportsbook, the uh, stock exchange for sports teams. And with P, uh, promo code PFF, wait, no, forecast, sorry, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T is, is the promo code. You'll get $500 in a risk-free deposit uh, uh, and they'll match 
I'm all over the place with this one, but they will match up to $500 for your first deposit, which is really cool. And uh, you can then get a $30, uh, 30 day money back guarantee uh, at symbol S-A-M-B-U-L-L. So go to the iOS app store and download the app today. Last but not least, no house advantage. Go to nohouseadvantage.com or download the app and take advantage of the fact that there is no house advantage with promo code PFF when you sign up and get $25 risk-free on your first deposit. All right. Tej is in the house. The Lions, your Lions, our Lions, they're playing tomorrow on Thanksgiving. Just real quick before we get into it, how are you feeling? They're a big underdog. They've got a lot of injuries. You were confident last week. I'm scared. I'm worried for you that your confidence is continuing. I I think it shows a lot of uh, resilience on my part that my favorite Mm. loses on Thanksgiving every single year and still my favorite holiday. So I'm expecting a loss tomorrow, but I'm going to enjoy, you know, the rest of Thanksgiving, all the food I'm about to eat and all that stuff. Okay. Um, the, uh, I don't know if you're going to do an ad read for Jackson chains or anything. Um, but, uh, really do. Oh, <laughs> Dude, the chain keep looking strong. No, keep that thing out. Leave that out. That's, you know what that is? So we haven't talked about this, but we need some sort of paraphernalia to go along with when the lock of the week hits. And I think it's just gotta be Tej wearing his chain. That's yeah. the lock of the week chain and our it. lock of the week. We, we got it. It wasn't even close when it came down to it. Our last leg was the uh, was the Niners uh, on that teaser, and they of course needed no help in uh, in covering that one. So we got back got back on the wagon. We were of course doing a bunch of like multiple locks. We're back to one last week and got the W. Let's get to it this week. Um, got just about ten minutes here, kind of the speed round. Tej, we'll start with you. What's the first one you like? All right, you talk about the the Thanksgiving game. Um, I have to go with Josh Allen over 42 and a half rushing yards. You know, Josh Allen has the third most scrambles this season, you know, averaging around four scrambles a game. The Lions have given up the second most yards to opposing quarterbacks on scrambles this season. Justin Fields went over his rushing prop two weeks ago. Daniel Jones went over his rushing prop last week. So I expect Josh Allen to do that this game uh, against the Lions here. I like it. I I have a Josh Allen prop that I already talked about that I may bring up here again. Uh, Brad, where are you going? Yeah, I love that one. And uh, shout out Tate for joining us. Uh, a college kid, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's a sacred holiday the day before. So uh, thank you for joining. But uh, I mean, he could still go out. He definitely oh, can. It's early. He's got the chain right on after. for a reason, Brad. Yeah, yeah, the ch- yeah we know what's <laughs> going on over there. All right. So <laughs> uh, we talked about this on Sunday. Um, uh, trying to avoid a teaser as my first pick. So I'll go with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are like ninth it. in e paper play. The Ravens are seventh. And then they're 14th in EP per play allowed, and the Ravens are 12th. So very, very similar teams from an efficiency standpoint on both sides of the ball. Yet they're four-point home under home underdogs coming off a bye. The Ravens just have not been playing inspiring football lately. You know, so I don't think they're five and a half or six, whoever you want to treat home field advantage, um, you know, underdogs to this Ravens team on a neutral field. I like some of the matchups with Mark Andrews. The Jaguars invested more money than anyone should in off-ball linebackers, but I guess it could matter here. Um, Andre Sisko's playing some good ball at safety. So, yeah, Jaguars plus four. I like it. By the way, Lamar Jackson, I don't know if you have any insight here, but he did not practice today with a hip injury. I'm assuming that's just maintenance. Probably just maintenance. He also has like the worst immune system on the planet. The guy's always missing practice with illness. Then yeah. he plays though, so it doesn't really seem to matter. Yeah, he's always sick. Um, okay, but I, I too am going to avoid a teaser with my first one. And this one, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous about it. But 
Uh, this is the Commanders at home. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite. They're playing the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and maybe it's just like I can't I can't stop with the Falcons. But um, plus four-and-a-half here. Now, Kyle Pitts on, on IR, uh, but they don't like to throw the ball to Kyle Pitts anyways. So uh, I don't really know what the big deal is um, here. The only thing I'm a little nervous about is that, of course, the Falcons can't cover anybody. But uh, I think this really should be uh, about a three-point spread instead of four and a half. So that's my first one. Uh, Tej, we're back around the horn. Where are you going next? Yeah, I love love both of those bets, guys. I'm going to go with Seattle minus three and a half against mm. the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, I think the Raiders, other than Max Crosby, basically have the worst, worst defense uh, in the league yeah. right now or, or close to it. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I do like the advantage there. And then I just think like, you know, kind of all the things surrounding the Raiders with the turmoil that's happening, you know, where they're not able to fire their head coach, um, because of all that stuff. And then more of like the consistency with the Seahawks where they've done this, you know, basically every year, like Pete Carroll knows what he's doing. I, I, I like Seattle, you know, to, to win this game, I think pretty easily. I get that one for sure. Um, our Hawks, so we bet on the Hawks a lot. <laughs> Uh, I almost got scared off this one because it did move off a key number, but I'm going to stick by it. Uh, I think the Buccaneers minus three and a half is probably still too short. There is some rain expected in Cleveland, but not super windy and not super cold. So really just the rain. Yeah, it could help Nick Chubb and this, and this uh, you know rushing attack and the Buccaneers run defense, which normally is one of the best in the NFL. Hasn't been quite as good this year, but they're coming off a bye. They're going to get their things right. This Browns defense is, I mean, just as bad as it gets. You can attack the middle of the field against them with ease, which Tom Brady, we talked about some quarterbacks that are avoiding it this year. Tom Brady has not. He loves finding Chris Godwin in the seam. Kate Otten's become like a guy he throws to in the seam. They're actually going to play Rashad White over Leonard Fournette, which is a, a benefit, kind of like a Pollard-Zeke Elliott situation. So I'm sticking with it. So Buccaneers minus three and a half on the road against the Browns. Like it. I'm going to my first prop. This is uh, Josh Allen. I talked about this one. Uh, Josh Allen over two and a half passing touchdowns, like plus 150, plus 145 right now. Um, the, the Detroit Lions are without Okuda. They also have a terrible defense regardless. Um, and this is in a dome. Uh, so uh, all the narrative, Josh Allen was the MVP favorite. He's no longer there. Um, I think there's just a nice opportunity for Josh Allen to bounce back. So over two and a half passing touchdowns is my second bet. Tasia up next. Yeah, I guess we're all in on Josh Allen tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my my other spread bet that I really liked was Tennessee plus one and a half. You know, Brad, you mentioned this on the the Sunday show. It's you know, if Rabel were to get you know his guys ready to to play against a team that beat them in the playoffs last year, I think he can motivate his players more than than almost anyone. Tennessee's defense is really really good. Um, you know, they're, they're the best defense against the run this year, and they're top 10 at defending the pass. And I know Jamar Chase is coming back for the Bengals, but I still think that they're a very gritty team, and they kind of can play like the tough-nosed football that like the Bengals really don't like to see. So I, I think they can take advantage of that in this game and do just enough on offense to come out with at least covering, but maybe even the win. Yep, I, yeah. I like that one. So they're actually plus two and a half now on BetMGM. And just real quick, some interesting line movement. Literally, since we talked this morning, um, that is one of them. I mentioned the Buccaneers. The Bears, after Zach Wilson got ruled out, went from plus four and a half to plus six. Yes, there was some news on Justin Fields, but I'm going to choose to believe that the Vegas thinks Mike White is one and a half points better than Zach Wilson, which might be true. Um, anyway, I'll go to my first teaser of the week now. Yes. So it is. Oh, go ahead, George. I was just going to say, yes, I'm excited for the teasers. There we go. So I, I like the Patriots this matchup a lot. I think Darisaw injury is just, it's just massive. Uh, and so 
it's going to be ugly. The Patriots can't score either, but I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring game. The total's 42 and a half, and I mentioned to Jude, I like the under in this game already. You know, and I just think eight and a half for that is too many points. I think they're going to run the ball a lot with Dalvin Cook because that is kind of the one way you can beat New England this year. So them up to eight and a half. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, our Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, um, also up to eight and a half. The Colts offensive line is still awful. Uh, and so I think TJ Watt has been TJ Watt pretty much since he got back. Him and Cam Hayward, I think, are going to wreak havoc. This, you know, the Colts cannot score. Even with Matt Ryan back in the fold, they can't score. They might win this game, but I also just don't see them covering eight and a half points. So I like the that Steelers leg, and I was going to offer uh, I'll offer a third leg here, which is uh, Titans out to eight and a half at home. Um, I, this may actually be my favorite of the three that you just mentioned, which I think are the best uh, candidates for a tease. There really isn't um, a favorite unless you want to take the Eagles from six and a half to to half, but I really don't like that one. So I think you're going all. Um, sort of underdogs here and Titans out to eight and a half against a Bengals team that look, Jamar chase is coming back, but it's not like he's been, you know, sprinting uh, in, in his rehab here. Uh, and the Titans have this dominant interior defensive line. They sacked Joe Burrow nine times despite losing in the playoffs last year. Um, so I like the Titans as a, uh, as a, as a leg with either the Patriots out to eight and a half or the Steelers out to eight and a half. Um, Tage, you got any more for us? Yeah, th- those are all the ones I had. I, I okay. do like any of those teaser legs, though. So where are you at? Where's your head at, Tej, in terms of a lock or locks of the week? <laughs> I, I think I would go with, if I had to pick uh, Brad's, um, or sorry, yours, yours, George's Titans, you know, uh, teaser at day and a half there. And then the um, the Steelers teaser as well, I think could be could be the, the teaser uh, duo that we put together. Okay, Brad, what about you? I agree. I took that one, that those two on Sunday. Uh, so I'll stick with it. I think it's my favorite bet of the week. Sorry. So you, so you are, you are Titans and Steelers. Titans and Steelers from Sunday. Yep. Okay. Um, I like that. Uh, so let's let's lock it in. Titans and Steelers. Do we want to? Do we want to get a little crazier? Do we? I think we need a Thanksgiving Day lock. I agree. Just I couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. I think Josh Allen two and a half touchdown passes is just. Should just we ride with Josh? Name. I think we have to. Right. Okay, let's let's ride with Josh. So we've got two two locks of the week this week. We have Josh Allen over two and a half passing touchdowns, and a teaser for the second week in a row. Bengals, uh, sorry, Titans out to eight and a half. It jinx it here. Titans out to eight and a half plus eight and a half at home. With on Monday night, we're covering all three days of American football. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers out to eight and a half as well. If I could tease the U.S. men's national team, I would as well. Tage, <laughs> do you know? Do you like? have any sort of angle or, or model that you're using to bet the world cup or is it all vibes like, uh, like Brad and I, <laughs> um, there's a guy on Twitter, Luke Benz, who does really cool stuff. Yeah, He's a PhD he student at Harvard. So I, I have looked at, uh, a couple of his things, but I don't, I don't really understand what's happening when, when I watch soccer, you know, when, when the time goes up instead of down and you don't know exactly when the game is going to end, it's too much for me to follow along. I like, I like the structure of football a lot better. Conversation yeah. I'm gonna have with my grandma tomorrow is exactly what you just I don't get why it's going up instead of down. <laughs> I, I don't know either, grandma. <laughs> if only uh for some people that was how FTX was working for them. Um, <laughs> but uh alas. Uh anyways, Tej, we hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and even more importantly, a wonderful Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. That's really, really what matters uh for you. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can follow him 
uh, Tej, uh, what is it again? At Tej F football analytics or something crazy like that on yeah. Twitter. Uh, what is it? Yeah. At Tej FB analytics. Oh my goodness. Get a real, get a real handle so I can actually <laughs> say it, but tons of great stuff from Tej, both on uh, social media and on the PFF app and PFF.com. He's truly uh, one of the best follows and, and people to listen to about football. And you can also listen to he and Arjun take the points. I don't mention this enough their podcast, which is phenomenal and does some cool stuff on social with some spaces and, uh, and stuff like that. So go check them out. Tej, thank you, brother. Brad, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And to everyone out there on the printing press, make sure you guys print a little bit this weekend. We love you all. See you on Sunday night. Peace.